We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yep. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. <laughs> Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. &K. Well, Kent, thanks for joining us today. Um, I think what we want to do is just have you give a little bit about your background. Um, we learned a little bit about your upbringing and how you kind of got into this business and all that good stuff. But can you give our viewers just a little background on who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Real Estate Worldwide. So I own a company that provides real estate training, education, mentorship, uh, software tools, all that kind of good stuff to real estate investors all over the world. Uh, started it back in 2009. Um, roughly have a little over 52,000 people that have come through all of our stuff over the years. Also, my family runs a, uh, and I run a real estate investment company based out of Memphis, Tennessee called REI Nation that uh, still buys and sells roughly 800 to 900 properties a year right now and done well north of 6,000 properties, manage about 6,000 single family homes for uh, our clients all over the, all, I shouldn't say all over the country, in seven markets around the country. Um, and the way I got into it was, you know, pretty, not too terribly different than a lot of people. Um, I basically, I mean, a lot of people get into this particular industry because they become frustrated or their backs against the wall, whatever. They're looking for a new way, you know, a new outlet. Uh, I had, I had a lot of success very, very young in my career where from the time I was 17 until the time I was 30, I founded a, a business, an arbitrage business where I was buying and selling truckloads of groceries of all things. Um, and that little business that my, that my father and I started by the time I was 23 was doing roughly 50 million dollars a year by the time I was 28 I was running an 800 million dollar a year company by the time I was 30 it was 1.8 billion wow Jeez. the seventh largest privately held company in the state of Florida and so yeah I, I had a lot of success very young but I was also you know anybody that has that kind of success in their 20s um, you know they can become a little full of themselves naturally right and so I was the definition of that guy I was wildly successful and the entire thing was because of me and all you had to do was ask me. I was that guy. <laughs> when you don't know failure, that's how it seems, right? <laughs> yeah, I was the problem, right? I'd never failed in anything, so I just didn't know any different. And, un you know, I, unfortunate at the time, but very fortunate looking back, um, my partners and I got into a run-in and I walked out of there on March 14th of 2000, proceeded okay. over the next two years to make every bad possible decision I could make, trying to effectively restart a competitive business against them. Uh, tried to go pirate their employees, tried to pirate their customers, was just pissed off and, you know, trying to figure out a way to go and claw back and get back what I felt like I had lost. And it only took me 22 months to lose every single thing I'd ever owned. Right. And so burned every relationship, burned up every dollar, you know, lost several million dollars in that process. And, um, you know, so when I tell you that my back was against the wall and I was desperate and I was in a really, really dark place, I was, I was there, man. I was in a really rough place and saw a late night infomercial talking about how to flip houses with no money or no credit and decided to go down and check it out in West Palm Beach, Florida at the Embassy Suites downtown. <laughs> the rest is, as they say, kind of history. It was the first step. I basically saw somebody on stage talking about wholesaling. Uh, I'd never even heard of that. And when I gravitated to it very quickly based on what I had just done, effectively the same thing, but in the grocery industry. 
And so uh, I went and invested $1,000 in a course, $1,000 that I didn't have, um, and had made every bad financial decision you could possibly make for the preceding two years. So to say that I was terrified of putting my credit card up there would be, you know, it was, it was a, it was a very scary experience for me, but it was exactly where I needed to be because I quickly flipped my first house and inside of the first year flipped 91 houses and kind of started my journey. And then that was, you know, one led to two and before you knew it, two led to 102. And you look up and almost 18 years later, you know, I'm still here, still flipping a lot of houses and helping a lot of people. I'm very grateful that I had to lose it all to get to that place. Wow. It's quite a story. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was you know, it's one of those things where I don't think most entrepreneurs understand that uh, when you're in it, it's really challenging to understand that you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. Uh, and so when I was in it, I did not feel like that was anything that I wanted any part of. But looking back, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. Quick question. When uh, somebody said this, I can't remember. They're like, when I, when I had these major failures in my life, they're like, I looked back. And at the time, it was the biggest crisis ever. But now I look back, there are speed bumps. You know, these things. Because when you're in it, you're like, this is the craziest thing ever. How do you, how do you when you look back now, when you had that, how, do you, how, does, how does it feel to you? What does it look like now? I mean, uh, look, I, I have never lost, lost touch with, for a moment, the desperation uh, of those moments, right? It's, it is to diminish that when somebody's going through that in any way, shape or form, it's just completely disrespectful. I get it. And I get it at a very emotional level. I know what it's like to be suicidal. I know what it's like to just want it all to stop. I know what it's like to lose everything you've ever worked for, for years. Right. And not only lose that, but to learn to lose your, uh, all your friends, all your work associates, your wife, you know, basically being a really, really, really desperate situation. Um, that is, that is, extremely real right and so I don't want to discount it at all but we all uh, to your point hear that in the end it's it all happens for a reason and it sounds very cliche and cute to say but that's just true I mean I clearly would not be here talking talking to you guys if it wasn't for that it's that simple right because I've gone off and since then it taught me a lot about what I needed to become it made me grow up and it helped me become a better businessman a better husband a better father a better you know in every regard of my life, I am infinitely better now than I was then. Um, and none of that happens if you just keep going on the same track, right? So it was a blessing in disguise, simple as that. And they most, most of the time they are. But so it, sounds, it sounds like you've actually got created some part, like your business today has been kind of created through the lessons that you even learned from that first business that you have. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of came up with this idea of reverse wholesaling, which mm -hmm. sort of you got from this grocery business that you had. Correct. Can you explain what exactly that is? Yeah, it sounds like a, you know, a huge concept, but when I explain it, it'll sound very much like common sense. And um, so, you know, back to 1997, I'm sitting here uh, in a business, I'm running $800 million a year, 27 years old. And in that particular business, we are all competing with the same products. In other words, somebody picks up the phone and calls me and 10 other guys and says, hey, I have 50 trucks of Peter Pan peanut butter and I wanna sell them all. And so we're all effectively trying to sell literally the exact same thing, the exact same truck, a very limited quantity. And we're all ultimately trying to sell it to the same people, right? There's only a, a, there's a very finite a number of grocery stores, wholesalers, retailers, I mean, we're, you know, that can, uh, take in that quantity. 
And so it became really obvious to me as a kid, right? It wasn't obvious to the people that were 40 or 50 years old and been doing this for a while. It was obvious to somebody who just didn't know any better, right? So I asked a very simple question, why in the hell are we doing this when I'm trying to pay, because I'm competing, I'm trying to pay as much as I can, right? So I can outbid all my competitors on one side and I'm trying to sell it for as cheap as I can to try to win the business. And so all I'm doing is squeezing in between. Before you look up, look up I've made nothing. And so I basically asked the question, why would we not go to every single one of our customers who want to pay us millions of dollars and ask them if I could sell you anything at any time and deliver it in any quantity into any city, uh, what do you want to buy from me? And why don't we just start there? And it sounded, everybody told me I was crazy. Well, we did it. And before you knew it, uh, we went from 800 million to, like I said, to 1.8 billion in 30 months from that one very common sense question. Why don't I just sell the customer what they actually want to buy from me instead of what I've got to sell them? Mm -hmm. And so when I got into the real estate industry, after going and running up and down the streets and doing what I needed to do to go make money for a year or so, I became highly motivated. I was now I'm newly married, got a little girl on the way. And I'm like, I, I don't own a business here. I own a job. Uh, if I, if I stop for a minute, the money stops, I got to figure out how to put process and systems. And more importantly, how I got to figure out how to put predictability, uh, into my business where I know what the outcome is going to be every single day. How can I do that? And landed on the exact same scenario. How about I just go to all the people that are buying houses every single day? Uh, it's their core business and ask them if I could sell you a house in any neighborhood in any city, at any price, what do you want to buy? And what that did for me, and which is what now commonly referred to as reverse wholesaling, what that did for me is just changed the complexion of my business forever because it forced me on a path to go, one, find out who those customers were. At that time, I had no appreciation that almost 40% of all real estate transactions are done by cash and they're done by cash investors, right? We always hear about the retail and we always hear about what we do when we're buying our own home, but nobody really ever puts it up front and center to us and says that, Hey, do you know that a huge portion of the business is people just writing checks and they don't just write one, they write a lot. Once I figured that out, then I figured out a manual way that I could go find these people through public record. And it was really straightforward. Again, kind of common sense. Uh, every time a real estate transaction is recorded, a, a, a deed of transfer is recorded. Right. And, simultaneously a mortgage is recorded if the bank's involved. So if you don't record the mortgage, but you recorded the deed of transfer, how the hell did they buy it? Real simple, they paid cash. And so through process of elimination, I started finding these people and began nurturing and building relationships, asking the same question I just outlined. And it just turned in a very, very predictable model for us. And so we went from flipping, you know, 70 to 80, maybe a hundred deals a year to flipping two, Two, three, four hundred deals a year really fast, right through the recession. So all right, you can imagine back in 2008, 2009 and on, most of our competition was going out of business because they were counting on banks. They were counting on retail buyers. We didn't need any of them. Uh, and so because we were so successful, that, that got a lot of people's attention. And there are naturally people like, what, what in the hell are you guys doing? I don't understand. Um, and that's how I got into the education space. And that's how I got into the software space. People just kind of pulling the data out of me what are you doing? Teach me, teach me, teach me. And then we quickly realized that we could automate through software what I was doing manually. And before you knew it, you know, tens of thousands of people were buying our software as well because it was solving a huge problem for them. So I think that, that you know, the lessons in that are 
really keep it simple. It's always, you know, most people have a tendency to make things really complicated because it feels comfortable, makes it unattainable. Be shocked at how, if you keep it simple, how straightforward business can really be. Um, so it's a really simple common sense question, right? What do you want to buy? Let me go find it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And okay. And that's a business and it turned into a really big business for a lot of people now. Yeah. I mean, you look at a company like Amazon, it's actually really simple. It's like, so why don't I just take all the products you want and I just deliver it to your house? Right. It's simple, right? And right. it just, you can scale it. Yeah. Now there might be a lot of, there might be a lot of hurdles along the way, but there's, there's tons of friction. But at the end of the day, um, it's a very simple process. You have, where is the, where is this huge demand that's not being served correctly and figure out how to serve it more efficiently. It's that simple. And when you figure out how to do that, you'll just get rich. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Right. Um, so one of the things, well, obviously we're, I'm going to use this word that we're using every day is how's COVID affecting your business? I hate to ask the question, but obviously, you know, we're in real estate, you're in real estate. I kind of, and you, what you've created is amazing. Just wondering how your students are taking it and you guys are all digesting this time. I actually COVID has been fairly good to us. You know, I hate, you know, because a lot of businesses are suffering, but our business, you know, as a company, we are, have been largely virtual. I made uh, a decision eight years ago to move to San Diego from Miami. Um, and at, when I did that, I effectively shut down our office and pushed everybody back into their homes. So we've been virtual for a long time. So we didn't have any disruptions there. Uh, and luckily because of that and what we teach, it has never been easier than right now to actually flip houses virtually. Wow. Uh, we brought a lot of we brought a lot of technology to the forefront that helps you to identify markets and buyers and sellers, you know, all from a laptop. And so, if COVID would have happened five years ago, it may have been a completely different game. But today, the, this particular industry is well suited. I mean, if you really think about the dynamics that are going on, you have. Uh, this year, we predict there'll be $297 billion spent in cash on single family houses. $297 billion, right? So those are investors. Crazy. So $297 billion, and over half of it has been sitting on the sidelines for the last five years because the market's so hot and they didn't want to buy at the top of the market. So you have all this pent up demand that is now ready to be unleashed into the market because they believe that housing's getting ready to go on sale, right? It's been subsidized here for the last 90 days, 120 days. It might be for the next three months, but sooner rather than later, that distress is going to that distress is going to manifest itself inside of the inside of the real estate market. They got all, all that going on. Then you have the perfect storm on the other side that I just alluded to. Distressed sellers are coming. You can't have unemployment like it is. You can't have entire industries going out of business. And you can't have cities like Las Vegas effectively being shut down. Orlando, all these big areas where tourism and conventions are a major driving force. If this is coming, so you have these two really big um, forces that are coming together at a macro level. And at the same time, you have technology that allows you as a wholesaler to sit there and basically play matchmaker all day long. So largely it's been uh, it's been a good, a good thing for us. If we were, you know, some of our competitors are in, are in the uh, event business, right? They go and do large events and what have you. And I know that they've, they've kind of had to pivot. We didn't have to experience much of that, right? That's because awesome. of naturally what we do. And I can tell you in our real estate business, we expected a lot of um, hits potentially. And like I said, we managed 6,000 single family homes. We expected a lot of 
delayed rents and that kind of stuff, and it just hasn't manifested itself, right? We're basically right where we'd expected to be pre-COVID. We're right there right now. So not saying it won't happen, um, but we've been very progressive in, in trying to help our tenants and our buyers and, and ultimately our sellers kind of move through these things in a, in, a, in a very logical way. So I think that's been very beneficial. Question for you. Um, I mean, I think you can relate. I know um, last reset, like last kind of cycle we went through kind of Crystal and I are at a point in our life too, where we're like, we kind of like start over. What are we doing? You know, a lot of, and a lot of people now are what they're, they're at a job or at a business. And it's just like, it's, it's either not going to be able to restart or whatever. And they're just having that conversation. Like, what am I going to do? Or they're freaking out or kind of like where you were at that point in your life. Do right. you find people are like coming on and looking at your program? Cause look, you were at the same place. You basically <laughs> mentally, emotionally drained, no money. And you're like, here's a thousand bucks. I got to go. I mean, I was just, you're talking to somebody like that. Are you seeing people come to your program? Oh, yeah. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, uh, we had, I mean, we had our May and June in particular, we had this, the two biggest months we've ever had as it related to our uh, products and services, right? So 3,000 people signed up for our course. We've never had a month where it was over 1,000 people. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you got a lot of people that are stuck at home for all the, all the reasons we all know. Uh, and they are highly motivated to never be in this position again, right? So they're stuck at home. They have the opportunity to educate themselves. They're at the, all the dynamics that I laid out earlier are in play. Once they understand the opportunity and they understand why, you know, how that, how vulnerable they really were. were um, look, let's let's be candid, right? We're all vulnerable to some degree. Nobody nobody's perfect, but I much rather would have. I would preferred for all that vulnerability to be in my control and somebody else get to decide whether or not I get paid. And it's that simple. Um, and so that, now that is in innate into me. I, I, you know, I was raised by an entrepreneur, so I, I've never, that comes very naturally to me, but I know that there's a lot of people that doesn't, doesn't, I appreciate that. But the reality of it is, is that the, I think more people that understand that anything that looks and feels secure, control is an illusion. That's all it is. I would much rather uh, be in to have that illusion, you know, on my side than to have somebody else get to decide. Think of all the bartenders and the restaurants and the gyms and the movie theaters and the malls and all that retail that everybody thought they had a nice little thing going up and down, by the way, you know, at the highest levels and at the, at the lowest levels from the guy, the, you know, the person sitting behind there checking you out to the person sitting in the CEO desk. Everybody thought they had it under control and one thing pops it. Um, I would much rather be in a situation where I had very good outlets, multiple outlets to get income into my life and control my life. That's awesome. Yeah. So I kind of would like to dive in just if you can kind of briefly go over um, with your programs. Like you obviously created some like secret sauce and special sauce, right? And obviously you probably created it because the average person coming in here to do this there's probably a lot of other programs where they might go in and struggle. Um, what, how is your software or what you have to offer? Why is it making so easy for people to have success? You know? Well, I mean, we, we touched on it a little bit, but the software all revolves around that same basic concept, right? Is to understand where supply is and understand where demand is and to have a, have clear vision to that. Uh, before we put our software, our smart software out there, they just didn't exist. Um, you know, this, this particular industry, real estate investing is just filled 
you know, hundreds of thousands of people that have watched A&E or HGTV and they've watched <laughs> somebody flip a house in 22 minutes and make $42,000. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so you got a lot of people that don't come into this with a clear understanding of that this is work, this is processes, this is a business. Um, if they were going to go buy a franchise at Subway, they would go through weeks of training and hundreds of thousands of dollars in investment all so they can learn how to make a sandwich, right? Let's just think about it, right? So this is learning how to flip a house. It's a real business. There's real things that have to happen. SOPs, marketing, acquisitions, dispositions. There's, and so um, what our software does, number one, well, our software and our training is number one, we believe very, very intently on time, right? It's very focused on time. Time is the only currency we have. Uh, everything else is, is just complete BS. I mean, it's on the wall behind me here, right? It's our motto with everything we do. And so I want to get the result as fast as I can. So going back to what we talked about on reverse wholesale, that creates a situation where I'm effectively taking half of the equation out of the game immediately because I already know what my buyers want, where they want to buy, the price they're willing to pay. There is no negotiation. There is no, all of this is a relationship. I have a standing buyer that has millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars orders in hand, my job becomes infinitely easier, right? So the very first thing is how do I go find those people? Well, that's what our smart software does. It will tell you, Hey, here's everybody that paid cash. Here's what they bought. Here's their mailing address. Here's their email. Here's, and this is all data that we collect and put together um, and do it every day in every market in the U S. And so you log in, put in a city and a state. And it's just going to tell you, here's, 2,000 people that bought in Atlanta, Georgia in the last 90 days, right? And here's everything about the house they bought, price they paid, everything. Um, and so from that, you hit a couple mouse clicks and it immediately sends uh, our best performing letter to that cash buyer on your behalf. It simply says, hey, I'm kind of a big deal. Why? They don't know that you've never flipped a house. It basically says, I'm kind of a big deal. I found you. I know exactly what you paid and exactly what you paid for it. And, uh, I'd like to help you find more. Why don't you pick up the phone and give me a call? I'll consider adding you to my buyer's list. And when you use a word like consider, be shocked. People that have a lot of money and they're not, it's not a layup for them. They will call just always. And when they call, you follow a simple process and kind of build and nurture, follow the trainings, build and nurture that relationship with them. But, you know, inside of a few weeks, you have a very uh, good stable of cash buyers who have a lot of money and a ton of demand. And that whole side of the equation is now removed for you, right? So now I'm just sitting here, I'm like, all right, I got this. Equally, when you have somebody that's telling you what they wanna buy, the neighborhoods they wanna buy, the cash flow they're looking for, whatever, that makes the other side of the coin that much easier as well. As well. Um, because now I know if everyone about, everybody that is on my list and wants to buy in Mission Valley, then I have no interest and it makes, it doesn't, doesn't do me any good to go market for properties in La Jolla and Encinitas, right? Why would I do that? Nobody wants, nobody that I have wants to buy that, right? So why would I waste the money? And that's a huge problem in the real estate investing space is that you know, we're one of the few people that teach people how to do it this way because most are just taught, go run up and down the streets and go bang on doors or go put up bandit signs or go do, you know, whatever you get, basically hope that you got it at the right price and somebody's going to come along and want to buy it from you. Well, as far as I'm concerned, hope isn't a strategy right? And it's a waste of time. And so what the software then does is once you identify, you know, hey, this, these are the zip codes or areas my buyers want to buy, you go right back into the software and it's going to tell you, well, here's every vacant property. 
Here's every foreclosure. Here's every vacant property where the owner's out of state. Here's every vacant property where the owner's 55 or older, lived in a whatever, multiple filters that'll just narrow it down to here's a thousand people that fit the mold in the exact area your buyers want to buy at the exact price point where you could acquire that. Send the mail, do the calls, send a ringlets voicemail, whatever you need to do, right? And it's all there for you. Uh, and built in the software and get on the phone, follow the scripts, get the pro property under contract. And your job is really simple. Then. I just need to get it under contract at a price that's lower than what my buyer wants to buy. I'm going to make the spread. So my buyer wants to pay 250. If I can get it under at 200, I'm going to make 50 grand. If I get it under 240, I want to make 10, whatever, right? They don't care how much money I make because they're getting their price. And so that becomes the game and it's really simple. So the training and the software is all designed to kind of work cohesively to make that happen. And it's all just completely done for you. And, and the reason it's done for you is because I needed it done for me. I'm a big systems guy, big process guy, right? I don't, again, it all is about time. I do not believe in wasting one minute of one day. If I can press a button and get a result, I'm all in, baby. Wow. That's cool. No, that's good. I mean, there's, we're in real estate. And so we know a lot of different people that do a lot of different stuff. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think a lot of people waste a lot of time on the wrong stuff and they don't get results and they get frustrated and they just get over it, you know? And so I think it's, well, it's a, a very interesting take because I think that the average broker or real estate agent is kind of searching for a needle in a haystack. So this sort of is like reverse engineering that, that process and making it much easier. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. So I was going to ask you, um, so you guys have your own uh, property manager company that manages 6,000 units? Mm -hmm. Correct. Wow. So do you oversee that or? Do, no, I don't personally oversee that. No, we have, we have a hundred, uh, about 90 people that work in between Dallas and Memphis and they manage those properties for uh, right at 2,000 investors, 6,100 properties. And then they, all the properties are Memphis, Dallas, Houston, Little Rock, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or St. Louis, Missouri. Those are the seven markets we're in. And then um, are you guys just buying single family homes? Correct. So no multifamily? Nope. Okay. And you, do you, are you, are you actively, so you actively own and yourself and. Yeah, I own about a hundred prop, uh, 102 properties right now. Cash flow properties, right? Nice. I do, I do own some multifamily. I am in, a, in several syndications. I own some commercial stuff, own some notes. Um, so what I do personally, and then what we do as business wise are kind of two separate things. Cool. Um, you know, so we run a, our, our operations out of Dallas and, and Memphis are largely turnkey operations where we provide turnkey solutions for, you know, passive investors, right? We started as wholesalers and then, you know, turnkey wasn't even a term when we started and we started basically building out the entire um, property, uh, putting the renter in place, two-year lease, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down the line, rehabbing the property and started attracting a lot of out-of-state buyers, out-of-country buyers that wanted to own these properties for their own portfolio. And largely just kind of turned, kind of started feeding on itself and becoming a real deal, right? So, so now where it's eight or 900 houses a year like that, but it started off as a wholesale operation. Uh, in addition to that, we will wholesale off four or 500 properties a year as well. And, and so all that lead flow is going to go one, one way, you know, one place or the other. It's, and, um, those machines exist largely because of what I just laid out, you know, earlier. And even the turnkey operation, right? We we go and generate properties in the areas we know our customers want to buy, and we know we're going to get them the return they're looking for. 
and that we want to go in and manage. Yeah. And how do you identify your markets that you're investing in? We're looking for good cash flow markets, right? So out here in California, very challenging, right? Same thing would be true. In New York. That, would, that would eliminate San Diego, right? <laughs> right? Right. So nothing, you know, you can buy, we, the markets I just outlined, you know, average price point that we sell a house is $120,000, you know, average uh, monthly rents between $1,200 and $1,400 a month. These are three bedroom, two bath, 2,100 square foot house built after 2005. Um, great houses, right? Anywhere. I mean, I'll put it this way. That same house out here in San Diego sell for $1.2 million, right? I mean, yeah. it's that kind of house, whether you're in Bird Rock or Michigan, we drive down and see them all day long. They're just, there's a few more zeros out here than they are over there. Yeah. Um, but it's that kind of house. These are not rundown, you know, houses that you, these are houses you'd be very, very proud to live in. And so that's really important to us. We, we, want to be, we want to be in markets where middle America, two income homes, you know, people that are proud to rent the properties. They have our average renters in our properties four and a half years. Um, you know, they're not going anywhere. These are stable families. That's what we're looking for. So markets that, that we feel like we can create that and create real value, then we go to. Uh, um, if we can't, we don't. It's that simple, right? Yeah. Do you feel like... Um the U S is kind of becoming more of a renter's nation. Uh, I feel like that. Well, I mean, clearly statistically that, that there's a lot of that going on. I just, I feel like there is a lot of, there's a lot of buzz around it. I don't know that necessarily anything has changed at a seismic level, right? Where it's like overhaul. I mean, there's still home ownership is still a huge part of almost every, anybody you talk to, they're still if they're renting, they're still hoping and praying and trying to figure out a way to get where they own a house, right? And so as long as that sentiment is going on, it isn't what Grant Cardone or somebody else would love you or love you uh, to or lead you to believe. Yeah. It is, are, are there a lot of renters or a lot of, you know, through social media and, and a lot of the buzz or a lot more people that are considering, the millennials kind of considering like, you know, maybe I should rent for longer than I normally would have? Of course. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that are trying to, quite frankly, live outside of their means and get right down to it. It's a lot easier to rent and be able to walk and be able to go get the, the fancy car and go on the night. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it just doesn't, doesn't mean the dream's dead. It just means there's a segment of the population that look at the world differently. Yeah. What do you think the uh, number one problem your like program you put together solves? Uh, time. That's the problem it solves. Yeah. Right. You could quite frankly, there's nothing that we do that you couldn't do manually. Right? There's nothing that prevents you right now from going to the county courthouse or the tax assessor's office and sitting down or nowadays, when I did it, you couldn't do this. When I started this, nowadays, and a lot of times you can go on, the, on, their, on their website and start getting, getting data, right? It, it's messy, it's ugly, it's, it's not intuitive in any way, shape or form. There's nothing that prevents you from driving up and down the street and, and seeing houses that are obviously vacant, they're boarded up, their weeds are in the yard, the papers are piled up out front, the mail's coming out of the mail. It's not hard to identify those. Uh, would you rather go through all of that pain and waste hours a week, tens of hours every month doing that, maybe hundreds, or press a button, mm -hmm. right? You press a button and it shows up on a screen and instantaneously. I mean, it's the, the equivalent of saying, well, I wanted to go research and go find the best restaurant in La Jolla to go to for dinner tonight. I'm sure I could just call around and interview all my friends or call and, and, <laughs> and I could probably go and look in the, you know, or I could just go to Google. I could just go to Yelp or I could just go, right? I mean, it's the same kind of thing, right? It's not saying it can't be done. It can be done. 
It's whether or not you're willing to, to spend the time and invest the time doing it. And we just live in a world where you know, time is more and more precious. Uh, people are being trained to think in 15 second increments every day. And so whether it's on social or all these damn apps or whatever the case is going, mm-hmm. I mean, video that's like this, like this is the world we live in. So being able to get instantaneous results and get, and, and get there is very important. Well, also to trying to connect buyers with their ideal property uh, usually you're competing with other agents or brokers who are also trying to win their business. So speed and time are definitely a huge factor when you're competing. in a uh, like Well, that. you know what, that, that's a, I, I would, all that is absolutely true. And I would tell you something else specifically when it comes to cash buyers, right? Um, I'm glad you said that because cash buyers in particular, it, Speed and efficiency is a huge deal to them, but quite frankly, integrity is everything, mm-hmm. right? They want to believe in you. And so that was, that's what makes this business so interesting because most people, when they come in, they believe that they have to have a reputation. They believe they have to have experience and wisdom and all this. And the reality of it is, is that and this is some of the things we teach is that uh, when you are really dialed in on who you are, what you believe in, what, you know, and you're operate at a high level of integrity, People are willing to reward you for that because it is very rare in today's world, right? One, we live in, again, back to the, we live in a world where it's a race to zero. I mean, you have to look for two minutes uh, to, or at the most to come up with some big corporate business or even some local businesses absolutely trying to put the screws to their customer and extract as much money as they can out of them while delivering as little value as they can. I mean, go look at that. Spirit Airlines, Allegiant Airlines, these airlines are some of the most profitable airlines in the world. And if you've ever had an experience on any of them, you understand that you never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's true. And, but they are they're highly profitable and their business models, I'm going to charge you for everything. I'm going to deliver as little value as I can and extract as much money out of you as I can for as little. And it makes for a great business. Wells Fargo, God, they just agreed to pay a $3 billion fine for quite screwing millions of their customers and signing them up. That's the world we live in. So just operating with integrity uh, and doing the right thing, it's so crazy that we live in a world where that is recognized as greatness. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. No, no, I agree. Who's, um, I was just curious too, is we use this term, um, who's your avatar? Like who's the person that's like coming through your program? Like is there like a, like that, you know, is it narrowed down kind of? Of course, yeah. So we have our, our perfect avatar is that two-income home um, looking for the next business opportunity, typically for late 30s, early 40s, uh, looking for the next challenge. Maybe they <laughs> might even think it is as a hustle, a second income, an additional income, side project, whatever it is, right? They've kind of gotten into a place where they need something more in their life right now. Uh, not empty nesters, nothing like that. They are they are entrepreneurial at some level. Like I said, a lot of times they've been heavily influenced by what they've seen on social or, or seen on TV. Um, and so they come to us looking for answers, looking for ways that it can actually, you know, happen for them. And um, again, if you go and look at the same people are looking at franchises, the same people are looking at, you know, other business opportunities, getting their real estate license, whatever the case may be. They're kind of grabbing at straws a little bit, but turning it into a lot of webinars, a lot of events, and a lot of distractions. That's, that's the person that if we can get to them early enough, we can show them a clear path on how to make money 
And then if they take that and it ventures off into other areas of real estate, then even better, right? Wholesaling is not, for most, wholesaling is not like what uh, it is for us. Meaning like we've told, I have no, I make no apologies at all about being the McDonald's of wholesaling whatsoever. I have a predictable model every day that whether I show up or not, it's going to make the hamburgers and make a lot of money. Um, and I make no apologies for that, but not everybody wants that, right? A lot of people, when they come into this, you know, to our avatar, there's something that's appealing to them and whether it's in the creative process or doing something together, right? In the design process or whatever it is. And so what, what we try to show people to do is it's a means to an end. Come on in, let us show you how to go make several hundred thousand dollars, how to make some things happen, how to feel comfortable, how to have the option of walking away from that job if you want. Let us show you how to create a lot of buyer leads, a lot of seller leads. And then if you decide, once you understand how this all works, if you want to go do a rehab or you want to get into multifamily or you want to go do a commercial, at least you have some working knowledge and working capital to do those things now. And so that's kind of you know who we're going after and how we benefit them the most. Yeah. So a um, couple of questions and one like kind of question here. So I think that, I think basically, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this or I've got a full-time job, like you said, and I want to start this side hustle, see if I can, you know, quit this job that I can't stand, right? I don't like, and then you have the person that's like, I'm going to go all in. My, my, my husband's working, I'm the wife or my wife's working and I'm going to go all in and try to make this happen. The person that's the part-time hustle, like, who's having success and if they're having success, how much time are they probably spending in a week or a month to make stuff happen? You know? Well, I'll preface it with this, right? And I think it was Gandhi that said action determines priority, right? And um, even if you have a full-time job, again, back to, we, we live in a world where this is easier now than it's ever been to do with as, with as, in as, small a time uh, effort as it's ever been because of technology, because of VAs answering phones, because of CRM systems doing automatic nurturing to clients. I mean, it's, there's just so much automation and tools out there right now that can help grease the gears for these transactions where your actual effort, you're going to spend some time on the front end setting up some stuff, hours, uh, but on the back end, once it gets going and the machine start, starts operating, you could easily be in a situation where this is as little as 10 hours a month, easily right? And doing two to three transactions. Um, that is 100% doable. Coming out of the gate, it's probably going to be closer to 10 hours a week, right? But back to my point, action determines priority. I don't care if you have a full-time job or not. Could you figure out a way that mattered enough to you to find an hour or two every day to, to fight for a dream? And if you can't, then get out because it's not big enough for you. It doesn't matter to you enough, right? It's not a priority for you. Uh, but if you're fighting for a dream and you believe that you actually deserve more like I do, and you believe that it's possible, um, then, I mean, I'm living proof, guys. I mean, I am a redneck from Memphis, Tennessee, right? I barely graduated from high school um, and went off and built an empire in one industry, lost everything, turned around and have done it again. There's no way I should be where I am by any outside measure. All it is is pure effort, is I'm just, I believe I'm worth it. I believe that I can do anything and that's the biggest asset I have. So if somebody has that, you know, on their side, then I can tell you, um, you apply the effort on the front end, 10 hours a week, 90 days, 120 days, and you'll have the machine in place that you could quickly start moving this to where it's 10 hours, 20 hours a month and very reasonably go make, you know, a hundred, $200,000 a year kind of on autopilot that. And wow. again, and again, 
here's the whole thing. Nobody's going to get rich doing that, right? But more effort, more processes, more determination, more intentional actions will lead to bigger results. Um, you get to decide what the adventure looks like. This entire thing, and I believe this with every fiber of my body, the entire thing is all about one word, options. Mm -hmm. Right? I want the option. I want to be able to show up or not and still get paid. I want to be able to travel the world with my kids and show them, you know, adventures that they've never seen anywhere and not suffer in any way from doing that. Uh, I want to be able, you know, if I've got a full-time job, I'm not telling you you even have to leave the job, but it sure would be nice to have the option, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Be able to sit all the time. Down. I to work because I want to, not because yeah, I have to. Well, that's a much better situation. I want to sit down with my wife or husband and say, you know what? I just don't feel like doing it anymore. And I not worry about it. Have an intelligent conversation where it doesn't impact you at all. That's what this is about. Get the options. And once you get the options, then life can get, you know, where you want it to get. What if somebody just, they have money, right? And they're like, I don't really want to set all this up. Can I pay you to set it up? But I want to make, but I want to, you know, go through it, but I want to just have pay you set it up. And then I monitor and go, is there that option too? Yeah. Well, they can buy houses from us. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to build a business for them. No. Yeah. But can they, can they buy houses and get, you know, a 10, 12% return on their money over there and, and build a real estate portfolio and still do whatever the hell they want to do without having to exert any of the effort? Of course. Yeah, we manage everything for them. Or, you know, there's, think about, there are, the solution sometimes is, is sitting right in front of them. There are a lot of people out there that want that combination. Hey, I have money, I don't want to put any effort. And there's a lot of people that, I don't have any money, but I'm willing to pay the price. Those are, that's a great combination, right? To put you have a, you, and you have an answer for both. You have a solution yeah. for both. Yeah, well, you basically, you know, if it wasn't for me or wasn't, wasn't me, just putting those two things together, you know, somebody raising their hand inside of our community and say, hey, I, I'm willing to fund this. I want to, I'm looking for a 50-50 partner, somebody to go do all the work, but I'll put the money behind it. I mean, those partnerships are made and are born every day. Uh, and whether, whether it's in real estate or any other business, right? I mean, that's the, what makes the real world go around. I don't care. You, you can drive down right here on the Hoya Boulevard and whether it's a restaurant, the dry cleaners, you can almost, I guarantee you there's private money behind many of these businesses where somebody said, I want a piece, I'm just going to write the check. And that's oh. in, in that scenario, right? I mean, that's, that's what you're looking to do. Yeah. What's, um, I mean, kind of a hard question to answer, but what, what is your outlook for kind of your business, your model or people you're, you know, I'm sure you're teaching, you know, People are asking you going, you know, hey, Kent, like, what are we looking at in the next 12, 24 months? Where's the opportunity? What, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think it's an exciting time to be specifically in the real estate business. I think it's a very exciting time to be in the wholesaling side of it, right? Because of exactly all the things I laid out before. Yep. Massive demand, massive amounts of cash, lots of distress, getting in between that. It's going to be a, a and low interest rates. <laughs> there's just tons and tons of tons of opportunity right there. I also think, as it relates to, to real estate specifically, that segment of the business, I think that again, if you just take a step back and look at it from a macro level, uh, I think that warehousing, commercial warehousing space, is a very exciting place. I mean, companies like Amazon are only getting bigger, only getting. I mean, mm -hmm. being able to get into that side of the business is very, very uh, is is a segment of the business that deserves some attention. I think that self-storage units deserve a ton of attention. I mean, if you really think about all of these offices, I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of offices right now are absolutely coming to the realization that they don't need the office space, mm -hmm. right? 
And so you have all of these office buildings that are being vacated in real time and all of that's got to go somewhere. So it's either going to a warehouse, or it's going to a self storage or it's being sold off. And in most cases, they're not going to sell it off. Uh, a lot of people are downsizing their houses, right? They're figuring out that, man, I don't need this 5,000 square foot house. I've been cooped up with my kids here and I can't find them. You know, maybe we should move into a 2,000 and, and figure out, you know, a better, better alternative here because making this $6,000 a month mortgage payment versus making a $3,000 a month mortgage payment it seems a lot nicer if something was ever happened again. All that downsizing forces stuff into these self-storage units and forces stuff into these warehouse, warehouse. So I think those two sides of the business are poised for explosive, explosive growth. I'm not, I would not do anything in retail commercial. I would not do anything in office commercial at all. Uh, I think that buying cash flow properties in single family uh, markets that are, again, cash flowing, right? Cash flowing today and will continue to cash flow moving forward. I think those are still always very strong investments. Uh, I just think that overall, um, again, we're going to go through a cycle. It, it is what it is. And the cycle is, unfortunately, it's going to hit every aspect of real estate. It's already hit commercial extremely hard and will continue to hit them hard for the foreseeable future. But it's about to start hitting you know, single family residences. Uh, really hard as well. A lot of people are going to downsize, get out, move down into more affordable housing, uh, maybe even into condos and townhouses and villas and that kind of stuff. And so we're just going to see a, a, a shift, a pretty dramatic shift and a lot of distress coming to the market over the next 12 to 18 months. And again, that kind of goes back to my original point is that that's why it's, that's why it's exciting to be in the wholesaling side of the business because there's no risk, right? You're not actually buying the property. You're just making sure that you are getting the property under contract and flipping the contract to an avid cash buyer that has no access to that inventory otherwise, right? That's what you have to understand about the cash buyers is they don't have a good way to get to the inventory. Mm -hmm. There's no way to get to it. And, and they're not going to spend the money. I mean, most of your cash buyers, the cash buyers are really in three tiers. You have this lower level, biggest pool of cash buyers are your doctors and dentists and lawyers and executives and, and people who have, you know, half a million to $5 million sitting in a, uh, retirement account, right? And they're, all, they're basically sitting there like, oh my God, this is my chance. I haven't been able to do this in five years. Now I can go buy real estate. And then you got this middle tier that are guys like me that run really big businesses where we pay all cash for houses and we have to keep buying because it's our core business. It's how we operate every day. Uh, and there's, by our estimation, there's roughly between 40 and 100,000 guys in that part and guys and girls and businesses in that area, right? Wow. And then you got the high tiers, right? You have the institutional buyers, the open doors, the offer pads, the Zillows, the Redfins, the Burke, I mean, Blackstone. They're going to buy millions of houses uh, through this downturn. And if you can sit here and connect with all three, you'll just make an absolute killing. Yeah, you really sell that, honestly. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it makes it makes sense. I mean, it really does. And that's why I'm saying I, I truly agree with you. Um, when you look at what's going to happen in the real estate market, there's going to be so much opportunity. Like you said, people are losing business. They're going to have, they're going to, they're not going to be able to keep extending or get deferred in this, you know, unfortunately the day of reckoning comes where the stimulus is over and this, and that's where you guys are sitting there just going, okay. And, and, and let's be clear. Nobody wants this. No. Right. Nobody is wishing this. Nobody it's wants not. to happen for anybody. Nobody praying on anybody. And quite honestly, it's exactly opposite of that. We understand what's going on. We all do. And I'm here, we're here to provide a real solution. Let's step in and solve the problem quickly. You don't have time to list it. You don't have time for it to sit out there for 75 days or whatever, and make more payments and make the repairs or whatever the case may be, right? 
this doesn't apply to everybody, but there's a segment of the business like, man, I just need out and I need out right now, right? My job stopped, unemployment stopped. I can't, I don't make the pain stop. And when that does, you can take care and give somebody an appropriate price for their house and then turn around and quickly allow cash investors to step in. That, that's a winning formula for a lot of people out there. What do you attribute to all your success? Um, grit, right? I, um, you know, I'm, I simply, um, I, I just, I don't care what it takes. I mean, I care what it takes from an integrity standpoint, but I don't care what it takes from an effort standpoint. Uh, I'm willing to play the long ball. I'm willing to play the price. I have a, you know, when I started in this in business in general, I was a young kid full of crap and just would run through walls and believed I was invincible. I loved getting that out of my system and losing everything by the time I was 30. It was an amazing experience for me because it taught me uh, that I, I have the capacity to do anything that I want to do. Um, but if I could do it in a much more methodical way, uh, putting my family first, prioritizing my time, prioritizing things that actually matter, creating impact in the world, um, that when you, that's kind of a deadly combination. In other words, I know what it takes. I know how to get it done. And now I can do it with purpose uh, and intention. You know, that's a, that's a recipe for success more times than not. And, you know, a fearlessness of, I, I'm just not afraid to fail. And that, I would, if I was going to say anything, that was probably the biggest secret. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people take tepid actions because they, they're just afraid of falling down. They're afraid of losing. But I can promise you, when you lose everything, you figure out real quick that it doesn't kill you. Um, and so it makes you more willing to go for it. And you're, most of us have got a lot more in us than we ever actually realize. We're much more resilient than we ever realized. Mm -hmm. And when you're armed with that information in a very real way, it's very emboldening. You'll sit there and go, I can do this. I got it. Just get out of the way. And it hasn't always worked out for me. So don't kid yourself. I have fallen down and, and suffered you know, many times over the last 20 years, right? I've had many close calls where I probably should have gone bankrupt again. Uh, uh, but more times than not, it worked out. And you know, again, I, I just have a lot of faith that in the end, that's what's going to happen. That's a, big, that's a big deal when you're out there trying to chase a dream and make some stuff happen in your life is when you're just a willing to go all in on it. Be shocked at how many times that'll work out for you. That's awesome. I agree. One of the questions we always like to ask somebody is everybody is uh, what does generational wealth mean to you? Generational wealth. Well, it means a couple things to me. One, I, I, um, I have a unique perspective on that in that, you know, Ed Milet and I have become very dear friends over the last awesome. couple of years. Cool dude. And he sat down and shared with me something that I've kind of adopted in my, my own life and really pondered and thought about. And it's that, you know, I look back that I was raised in an entrepreneurial family. Uh, my father was the entrepreneur. My parents were divorced. And so at a very young age, I was taught a lot of skills that I didn't realize I was learning. Right. I just thought my dad was working me to death in a grocery store. Um, <laughs> and I was learning. Right. And I was paying attention. And like I said, by the time I was 23, I was running a $50 million year company. This is great. And had, and had 30 employees. Um, and, you know, what's crazy about that is from 23, 24, 25, through, through that whole process, saying, here I am running companies, a company that's doing hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, ultimately billions. And it just seemed normal to me. You know, I look back and I'm like, I have a 27 year old son. There's no way I trust my 27 year old son to run my company. My trust <laughs> yeah. 
But at that point, it just seemed completely just normal, right? I didn't understand the value of it. And so as I got older, I looked back and I'm like, oh my God, I learned a lot of really, really valuable lessons from him along the way that helped me to become who, who I became. And so I look at that and I have a very clear understanding that if I hadn't learned those things, I wouldn't be in a place right now where I have the ability on a regular basis to impact millions of people. I mean, I don't think it's any understatement whatsoever that we have helped create tens of thousands of successful entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial families over the last few years, right? So now inside of their own homes, they are demonstrating what it looks like to be successful. So their kids are now watching, right? And the ripple effect of that is very real for me. Uh, understanding that that's generational wealth, right? I quite literally, if he hadn't taken this and I didn't see it, growing up, then I wouldn't have felt comfortable taking my own risk over the years. I wouldn't have learned what that looked like. And it would have been natural to me to the place where I now pass that gift on not only to my own kids, but to tens of thousands of people out there. That to me is probably the greatest gift I've ever been given and could ever give to somebody else, right? That is truly generational wealth. Um, equally, you know, clearly we have a lot of uh, money and opportunity that we will passed down to our kids through our generations and grandkids and great grandkids. Um, but the best gift I can give them is to, for them to watch me every single day, fight for a dream and struggle and push and try to make something and see it come real. And, and I don't believe in telling them, I believe in demonstrating to them. So to, generational wealth probably means something a little different to me than most people, the money and all that kind of stuff. You know what? It's the byproduct of what real generational wealth is and that's impact making sure that you've made an impression on somebody to where they will never forget it and they will pass it on. That is the most interesting take I've heard. I love it. Generational wealth. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, Kent, I appreciate the time. Um, this has been super cool. Uh, like I said, I think, I think you're pro, I think you're going to do really well with your program. I think timing is you've been building up to this moment. You'll probably have your best years ahead based on the fundamentals in the market, you know, like we said, unfortunately things are going to happen, but um, you know, I think people are going to, there's going to be opportunities for people and with your programs, somebody could really kick some ass. No doubt, bro. No, no doubt. I love, loved, loved hanging out with you guys today. Yes. Yeah. And can you just real quickly tell people where they can find you? Sure. I mean, I'm easy to find just, uh, it's Kent Clothier on Facebook. Make sure you look for the verified accounts. Cause there are some every once in a while in posters out there right with the blue check mark so it's kent clothier on facebook same thing on instagram or you can just go to kentclothier.com if you want to go to our our corporate website it's just reww which stands for real estate worldwide reww.com perfect well cool. thanks so much for coming on yeah. yeah thanks for having me guys all right yeah take care see ya this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com dot